the Dad Feelings, a podcast about fictional father figures and real-life dads with real feelings. Joining me this week is uh, a friend of mine who I think the first time I saw him as a dad was um, at the Toronto Comic Arts Festival, where he was standing at the Telegraph uh, Art and Comics booth, which is a store that he runs. And his child was sort of just hanging out there with him and his wife. And it was a really lovely picture, uh, if a bit of a harried one, as he was rushing around to sort of meet the demands of all of the the fans who were looking to buy his good prints that he was selling. None other than David Murray, also known as Sebe, joins me this week. Hello. Hey, Merritt. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, ben is asleep in the other room, hanging out. Uh, all is well. <laughs> now, does uh, does Ben typically join you at at those kinds of shows, or was that sort of a, an unusual occurrence? Oh, uh, he comes to a lot of shows. Um, let's see, we've brought him to two TCAFs now. Um, he's done a couple S, uh, small press expos, SPX with us. Um, the only show that was kind of a bad call was we took him to San Diego Comic-Con last year, and that was kind of like a bit too much for a baby. Um, it's a bit too much for an adult, too, true, if you ask true. me. Oh, yeah. for sure, yeah. Um, but uh, he's he's great. Like, SPX uh, is a really good show with him. Um, the crowd is almost kind of like a white noise machine, like just the murmurs <laughs> of the crowd. So the past couple of years, he would just kind of fall asleep on us while we were slanging posters. Um but yeah, he's he's a pro. He's a little he's a little road warrior. He's great. <laughs> um, though I think uh, like it it gets tougher as they get older because uh, the first TCAF we brought him to, we could kind of just sit him in a little rocking chair on top of the table, uh-huh. and he didn't really say boo. But now he's like like he's two and he's got like all these opinions and stuff, and kind of wants to be his own little man. So we can't really like make him sit down and make him not run around and stuff. So. Uh, we might rethink the show thing in the future, but for now he's been great. That's so cool. It does seem like there is, you know, from the outside looking in to the idea of having kids, it does seem like there is sort of an arc in terms of taking kids places um, where, um, or it, maybe it goes in sort of hills and valleys, you know, because um, babies can be, can be difficult, but also they can just sleep a lot. And if you just sort of sit them down somewhere, then they're fine. But then as they sort of become more aware of the world, they're like, I want to be doing stuff. Oh, but, for sure. But they're not old enough to sort of be on their own. So then until you get to that point where they are and can sort of just hang out and be reliable and safe, it's like, well, now what do we do? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we're we're really lucky in that uh, we we live near a good deal of our family. So you know, the, the grandma babysitter is invaluable. Mm. Um, especially now when he kind of very much, much wants to be active and like jumping around and like doing, doing, you know, two-year-old stuff when we're doing work. Um, but yeah, we, um, so, uh, a little background on Telegraph. Um, my wife, Kate and I actually run it together. It's very, uh, literally a mom and pop comic shop. (laughs) Um, and so, so oftentimes, you know, one of us will be at the shop working and the other one will do the stay at home parrot thing for the day. And, um, uh, it's nice. We kind of get uh, the, the best of both worlds. Um, 
uh, and we're able to kind of avoid like expensive daycare for now, which is nice. Um, so uh, like we, we have kind of a, a weird career and, uh, you know, most of the time, like being your own boss and running a retail store is kind of overly stressful, but, um, it allows us to be very hands-on parents with Ben and like, you know, hang out with him a lot. And he hangs out in the store a lot. Uh, all of the displays that are three feet high and below always get messed with. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's good. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's not a bad way to be. Um, we're pretty happy these days. That's great. I mean, I'm curious ab- about that experience of being your own boss and, and, running a store while also having a kid because also also being in comics um Mm -hmm. which is a space in which a lot of people are either working freelance or kind of working for themselves and it seems like in ways really really freeing because you can sort of organize your life in a way that makes sense for you when you have kids but also um is a kind of field that demands a lot of hustle and putting like a lot of energy and traveling, like doing shows and things like that. So um, like, do you have, are, are most of your other friends with kids sort of in that same position or do they have sort of more like conventional nine to five sort of setups? Um, you know, I think uh, a lot of our friends that have kids, now that I think about it, a lot of the times it seems like one parent will have like the very nine to five type job and the other one tends to, in a lot of the couples we know, like there, we have some that are both nine to fivers. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of couples that we're friends with, uh, one parent is kind of, you know, has a bit more of a like self-employment or like a slightly more, um, I don't want to say nebulous, but like less nine to five job. Uh-huh. And the, the other one, kind of has you know maybe the more corporate job maybe gets the health insurance um stuff like that um but you know the the i feel like um as compared to a lot of other people in comics we we do have a lot of structure in our life um you know just by simply having that brick and mortar store um and the fact that you know it's it's essentially a retail job like Mm -hmm. it's a very specialized retail job that we put a lot of time and like we have a lot of passion in, in it but um you know, I I think there's a lot of structure in our life, which is nice. Um, you know, we're we're not really uh, bound by like you know we're not like trying to make like deadlines or anything crazy. We don't have to keep insane hours. Um, we do have like some difficulty leaving work at work. Um, we don't really do that at all. But um, I I'd say as far as people in kind of like self employment, as far as that goes. Um, you know, we've been doing this for five years now, and I think we've found, like, a good d- degree of structure with it, which is nice. Mm. And I think it's it's nice that that came along as Ben was born. We were kind of coming into that structure, I guess. But um, I think that's just the way the business kind of made us. Um, just, but like, the nature of making a successful bookstore, I think, really just kind of that it necessitated that structure. Yeah, that makes I don't know, does that that make sense? It does, yeah, I know, that makes total sense. Um, And it seems really fortuitous, like you say, that those things aligned in that way. Yeah, for sure. So (laughs) you mentioned that the, your displays around the store tend to get uh, a little, a little messed with. 
um, by Ben. Is there is there anything in particular that he like gravitate that you're noticing he's gravitating towards, or that like um, are there any like comics or or characters? Um, I'm always curious like what kids get really into, you know? Yeah, he um, there is a um, there's a Thanos head that's like it's <laughs> this dumb. There's a there's a dumb Thanos head. It's like this piggy bank of Thanos's head for some reason. Um, you know, so of course we, we had to buy one for the shop and, uh, every time he goes there, if he sees it, he'll, he'll hold out his hands and insist having it passed to him. He, he likes to just carry it around and look at it. Um, purple's probably his favorite color. So I think he just gravitates towards like a big purple face. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he likes, there's a little R2D2, like he likes piggy banks sized type things. Cause he can kind of like grab them and hold them and they're very light. Um, so he can. But if he drops them, they're not going to break. Um, so he's kind of gravitated towards those. Like we had a, um, like a wharf piggy bank that he was really into. <laughs> just kind of like whatever is that size. But I think the Thanos thing in particular, um, just like that purple face, he was really all about it. Um, anything small and colorful. Uh, like we had some magnets that he liked to mess with. Um, yeah, just just anything colorful that he can grab. Um, he's just all about it. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so like that's that's really interesting to me because um I feel like a lot of media that is targeted at young kids is really just about that kind of thing, like bright colors, um sort of eye-catching images and things. And that oh, that leads sure. to really weird stuff when it's taken to its extreme like with all of the weirdness around YouTube kids and like, Oh yeah. That's sound. That's so frightening. Like I haven't, yeah, uh, I didn't, I haven't seen any of those videos, but reading the articles, I'm just like, so it's very worrying, you know, it's so upsetting. Um, and then even just sort of the more like, I don't know, less upsetting, more mundane stuff is very strange to me. Um, like the, those surprise egg videos. Um, Oh yeah. Like just like weird trance like like content that is produced for children um is it's such a bizarre aspect of like content creation yeah i'm 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 really excited i like in a way very excited to see like what ben latches on to because it's um like as a parent it's very interesting to watch like what your child gets emotionally invested in um like and it's just it's just the littlest things that really kind of mean a lot but um uh we had a snowstorm here recently and he has this little black plastic uh kitty cat that came with like a farm playset or something uh that my dad got him and he would put the kitty in little different places in the snow and then point at it and say kitty <laughs> and it was just like it was really interesting to me like watching him kind of like play pretend with this cat and um it's it's he makes up little games and stuff and that you maybe kind of makes sense looking at it from the outside but um you have no idea what's really going on and it's just interesting to watch like that development you know cuz i mean when you know when kids first come out they're just like weird little bugs you know and it's interesting to watch them like emotionally develop and like get like imaginations and stuff yeah what's been the most kind of surprising thing in that regard so far um <laughs> uh oh gosh uh, like i feel like all these stories are like so mundane to anyone no that no no me or Kate. please please <laughs> any story you want to tell we are happy to hear um let's see uh 
he's really into hats lately. <laughs> uh, when when he's when he's getting when he's getting dressed, um, we're we're putting on his articles of clothing and naming them, and then he'll look at us and go hat hat, and he's got these goofy hats. Uh, Kate got him some hats at the the craft store that are like these little like kind of like foam hats that are like nearly indestructible and like you can put them in the wash and they were like a dollar and so he has like this super beat up foam top hat that he likes and this little <laughs> like straw boater hat and um uh just it's <laughs> he'll just like he'll put a little bag on his shoulder and like put a hat on and he starts leaving the house and he just looks like just like this little man just like ready to go out and do it um I don't think yeah, there's anything and, funnier than like a child wearing a hat. That's like very, yeah. very good. Oh, and he's he's really into Kiss. Like he loves the band <laughs> Kiss. Um, uh, a really good friend of ours played Kiss for him one day, and and like he likes a lot of other music. Like he loves to dance, like Michael Jackson, and like traveling wheelberries, and like like a very interesting mix of stuff. As long as it has like a good beat. Um, but maybe it's just cause it's like the one band name he can say, but mm. he'll every day request kiss to be put on, um, <laughs> just calling in those radio stations every day. Uh, yeah. But, uh, so we know like the top, like 10 Spotify songs for kiss, like really, really well. Cause if you, if you say we have one of those like Alexa things. And so anytime you say Alexa, play kiss, um, it will, it just starts on the same Spotify playlist <laughs> and goes straight down from the top. <laughs> Um, but I don't, we don't know if like, if kiss to him is this band or if it just means like rock music. Cause oh, like, interesting. like when, when, they, when they get into like the slower, like weird ballady kiss, yeah. like he'll, he'll hand us the Alexa and go kiss, kiss. <laughs> like he wants us to put on kiss again, not knowing that, you know, it's that these weird old horny men like sing like slow ballads too. Mm. So. I don't know. I, th I think, I'm not sure. And we play Kiss videos for him sometimes. I think this Halloween we want to try and do like, like maybe do him as like the demon and me and Kate are like Kitty Man and Space Ace or whatever and do like a big Hall uh, group Halloween costume. Um, but I'm not, I'm not too stoked to like grease up my kid that much, mm -hmm. but he'd probably really dig it. Yeah, that does seem like it's going to be a whole situation in terms of just paint getting literally everywhere <laughs> yeah uh yeah it seems like there's probably a reason people don't do a ton of heavy makeup costumes with their kids yeah <sighs> yeah this is like an amazing image that you're painting like this profile that you're <laughs> painting of of ben is just like this sophisticated but also kind of you know he he he's sophisticated he has that side with the hats but then he's also he likes to throw down <laughs> with some kiss. He's he's complicated. Um, yeah. Now, yeah. did you uh, going into the whole like parenting thing? Uh -huh. Did you like read anything? Did you like go to classes? Did you do any kind of like that that sort of prep stuff, or were you like did you sort of um, avoid that? Because I've spoken to people who have done both. Um, so I, we, we read and like went to classes, um, as part of the, uh, the, like the birth program at the, the hospital that we knew we were going to have been at, um, they offered like parenting classes, um, nothing, nothing too in depth, but, um, you know, like 
hey, what happens when you, when this happens? Mm-hmm. Here's how you put a diaper on. Here's how you burp the baby. Um, you know, and Kate, Kate was really into it. Um, and so I knew I would have felt like a turd if I just kind of sat around and waited for the baby to appear. Because, <laughs> you know, like Kate was definitely doing like all the heavy lifting of, you know, having yeah, a baby so i felt like yeah. i had to do something yeah um and it was so hard to get her like out of the shop and get her to stop working um i i, I tell everyone this story but she the day that she had been um we literally were at telegraph that morning because we had to get the security system installed we had just moved to a new location um and Kate wasn't doing a lifting, of course, because she was already overdue. Like, she was nine months and change pregnant. But she was around the shop making sure everything looked good. And we had to be there for the security guy to install this new security system. Um, and, like, it got to the point where her contractions were getting close enough that we had I had to say, Hey, Kate, we have to go to the hospital now and, like, have this baby. Um, so, like, up until, like, I had to pull her to the hospital, she was working. Um but yeah, like I read books. Um, there's like this kind of cute uh, French parenting book called Bringing Up Bebe. That's kind of more about like raising toddlers um, that uh, you kind of have to take with a grain of salt. There's some good things in that book. Um, I read I read that one and enjoyed it. Um, and then there's like some some book about being a dad that I read that's like, what, what do dads do? Um, and couple others that we looked at um buh, buh, buh. yeah and the parenting classes were pretty straightforward um but it was weird uh they so they had this one part where um all the all the men in the class and all the women in the class were separated and the dudes went to one room and the women were in another room and the dude the dudes and the women had to talk amongst themselves about like their greatest fears mm. like going into the pregnancy and like or like going into childbirth um and like none of the dudes would open up about anything like it was it was the most stereotypical sitcom shit ever the uh the dads were like well what if what if uh he eats you know like and it got like borderline racist too like one guy was like what if my son touches some weird chinese toy and it gives him a disease and like and the and this other dad was like what if something happens to my truck and (laughs) i can't drive the baby someplace and just like like, come on, can we talk about, like, you know, like, clearly we all wanted to talk about, like, other things, but just dudes want to talk about, like, their truck or Chinese toys or something. And, yeah, and I, after that, they had, like, all the men come back in and present their fears to their wives and all the women present their fears to their husbands. And, like, it, it was, it had some good stuff. Oh, pardon me one second. Oh, of course. Hey, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, he just woke up from his nap, so he was just a little out Aww. of sorts. Um, yeah, but we, we did classes and, like, read books. Uh, it was, yeah, pre- pretty pretty typical in that regard. Mm-hmm. And and we had we had friends who had kids uh, a little bit before us. So, you know, we, we, like, asked them for advice and stuff like that. And we had watched them with their kids. So we kind of knew, I mean, you, you get some sense of what's coming. But, like, then when it happens, you're just, like, annihilated. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like I think that I, I think the best way to describe it, or at least for me, is like a complete like destruction of the ego mm. in just like a second. Like like all all the shit that you thought mattered, like instantly. Like it sort of still matters, but like it the the scale is completely changed. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard some people describe it as like, how did I ever feel stressed or busy before I had a child? Yeah, like I wonder where all like my free time, like I, what, what, I mean, I, I, I'm amazed I get things done now, but I'm like, man, if I'd been working this hard before, like, holy shit. <laughs> right, like what was I doing before? <laughs> yeah. That's wild. That's wild. Were there any models that you had of like what kind of dad you wanted to be going in? Uh, yeah, um, I think I saw certain good things in, like, family members of mine that I wanted to repeat, um, and, you know, I I had seen some bad stuff from family members of mine, too, that I didn't want to repeat, so that, I think that kind of informed it a lot, um, I'm trying to think, uh, if there are any cool, like, fictional dads I was really into. Hey, Kate, can you think of, like, any fictional dads that I really liked? Oh yeah, the uh, the the dad on Modern Family who's like the dumb dickhead. I like him a lot. But, I haven't seen that show. What um, is what is he like? Oh, um, so not not the one that's Ed O'Neill, not the one that was on Married with Children, but um, the main guy who's in like the uh, the Tide commercials or whatever. Not Tide, but like the, he's in like yo, know, he's in the gain detergent commercials, um, and he's just kind of like a like a big well-meaning doofus. Uh huh. Um, so I th- yeah, I think. Big, well-meaning doofus, I think, is kind of like my my dad style, I think. <laughs> um, Kate also mentioned the Lego movie, but uh, the dad in that movie is kind of a dickwad. Um, but uh, any any movie that, like, mentions a dad or has dad issues, I will just turn to, like, a river of tears Ooh, instantly. Oh, yeah. What? Like, what? Like, uh, well, like, so when Kate was pregnant... Um, I'm like about to tear up just thinking about this happening. But uh we went to go see uh Inside Out, the Pixar one with all the like emotions inside the little child. Uh-huh. And the first like 30 seconds of the movie, have you seen it? I have it? not seen it. No. Okay, well, not to spoil anything, but in the first like 30 seconds of the movie, the child in which all these emo- emotions live is born. Um so there's a baby being born in the first like 30 seconds of the movie. And, yeah, it's just a close-up of the baby's face. Like, it's nothing, like, really graphic. Um, and the baby's like, wah, wah. And Kate could, like, hear, like, she thought maybe I was, like, laughing or something. But she looks over, and I'm, like, sh- shuddering and, like, just crying everywhere. And Kate's like, oh, my God, what's wrong? And I was like, I said, there's a, a baby. <laughs> yeah, and, like, um... I was I was worried like um right after Ben was born, you know, I was still really emotional and we started reading books to him really early and I was worried for a while that he was going to think the way a book you end reading a book is by crying because <sighs> the first few times I read him like every book of his, I would start crying because they were just like Oh, like there's this one children's book Corduroy about this little bear and mm-hmm. you, like this girl takes him home and he they become friends and it's just a very sweet little book and like at the end like at the end I'm like just like shuddering and like trying to read him this book. It's like you must be a friend. I've always wanted a friend. <laughs> and so I was I was really worried he would think books end by crying, but like eventually like I it's not that I toughened up, but I like I guess I like got all my cries out for a while. And like, you know, plenty of stuff he does still makes me cry, but um 
um yeah it's it's great uh like i th- one of the the hugest benefits of having a kid is because i love a good cry for one so i get to have a ton of those and two like i hate like trying to make small talk with like like anywhere with like you know at like restaurants or with like doctors or whatever but if you have a kid your small talk is covered for the rest of your life because you can be <laughs> like oh my kid farted the other day and that will get you like 30 minutes of like complete small talk it's great like i and no one wants to hear me talk about myself anymore like people just want to ask me about my son and stuff like like when i see customers at telegraph like kate and i just tell them about ben and it's great um like your your small talk is handled forever so that's nice yeah that seems really convenient (laughs) so has has having a kid changed the kinds of uh media that you're into like like you was the sort of crying about dad narratives did was did that precede that stuff and has that continued after um like i've i've always uh really um i think having ben has amplified the crying but uh i've always enjoyed a good dad narrative um uh let's see yeah i any any anything about dads i've always really enjoyed but as a dad it's it's even better um I mean, like, we we watch a lot of, like, Peppa Pig and Sesame Street now. <laughs> like, we try not to watch too much TV with him. But, you know, um, oh, actually, uh, one one really great thing we're doing is uh, Kate and I both loved Star Trek Next Generation growing uh-huh. up. And uh, we've been rewatching that from the beginning with Ben, um, which is great because, like, all the stuff that might be objectionable to, like, a little kid kind of, like, goes right past them. Um, and it's it's just a great show. and when uh the credits come on well so so ben calls it star stars for one so i'll ask him like oh ben can we watch can we watch star stars now and he'll say yes and then we put it on and uh in the in the opening credits um you know there's like patrick stewart solemnly saying like oh space the final frontier and then it's just the credits and the enterprise zooms by a bunch of times and every time it zooms by Ben will point at the screen and yell, space! <laughs> and it's just great. Oh, I love and, it. And, like, I don't know if he enjoys the show or not, but he loves the opening credits, and it's, like, something we can watch and not feel guilty about watching with him. Um, like, like when he was first born and before he was born, I played, like, a fair amount of, like, you know, I played, like, some more violent games on the PlayStation. Like, Kate and I love the Fallout series and stuff. Um, and that the Fallout 4 also a very rough play because it involves mm. f- trying to find a missing child. Oh yeah. But um, you know, we we definitely had to cut that back once he kind of became more cognizant. Like, because those games are just like so brutal. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm playing through uh, Yakuza Zero right now, and I love that game. Um, but unless I'm doing like one of like the mini games or something, like I can't play it in front of Ben because like you're just you just beat the piss out of people in the street like all the time in that game um so uh yeah i don't i don't know we 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 we've always kind of gravitated towards like goofy sitcoms and stuff um but we uh i don't know i don't know if it's changed too much like the thing is like we you know he's been around for 2 years now and you you almost kind of get this mindset like you don't remember what a lot of things were like pre baby mm-hmm. like just because like you know the baby comes and then instantly like your entire routine is destroyed 
and like all the stuff he used to do is gone um and you kind of like you 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 work on getting little pieces of that back like you know we we now have like something of a social life i'd say which is nice like not like we like feel lonely or bad but like you know it's nice to go out and just see adults sometimes um so but it took it took some doing to get that back um uh so you you, you kind of forget what other things were like like i you know you don't remember like most of the stuff you watched on tv or what you did or whatever mm-hmm. and that's fine yeah yeah i actually have been watching a lot of tng lately too and oh, nice. i just saw the episode where data has like a vision of his father and everyone is being like really like I love Data so much and episodes where oh, everyone yeah. is nice to Data are like my favorite episodes. And um, <laughs> in this one, everyone was kind of just like encouraging him to like explore the dream vision that he had. And like he asks Worf and like this, Worf is also having dad problems where he like think he's been oh, told sure. that his father survived this massacre and is grappling with whether or not to go and investigate. But Worf's like, if this is about your father. It is very fortuitous. You must pursue it. It is like mo- the most powerful vision that anyone can have. Um, oh and then God. Picard's just like, Data, explore this image. Like, don't just go looking at other what other cultures think. You have your own culture, and it's valid, and you need to explore this for yourself. And everyone's being so nice to him, oh and he's gosh. looking for his dad. And then he finds, like, he gets back into his, like, dream, um, and then basically talks to his dad, who is like, Data, I'm so proud of you. You are like a human boy now and you can dream oh and have God. feelings and stuff. Well, not have feelings until later, but, um, and it was, I almost cried. <laughs> it was like really sweet. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. When we get to that one, I'm definitely going to cry. It's going to be good. Oh, and I thought of another fictional dad that I like. Oh yeah. Um, Please tell me. Um, the, well, like, okay. So, uh, I feel like uh, One Piece has a lot of surrogate dads uh-huh. that I like, um, and I, I love that series. Um, like uh, the kind of like the relationship between like Luffy and Shanks and stuff. Um, but also uh, Lone Wolf and Cub mm. is like not like not the best dad to aspire to be, but uh, it like I love the way that it like portrays the relationship between a father and son. Uh-huh. Like, there's all these, like, really over-the-top lines where, like, uh, the the guy, whose name I forget now, uh, something Okami, uh, the lone wolf, uh, he'll, like, have just, like, fought through all these dudes, and he's going back to find his son, he'll be like, a father, tr- only a father and son truly know what's in each other's hearts, and stuff like that, and it's just like, yes, I know what's in my son's <laughs> heart. Oh, and, uh, Naruto, of course, um... Like the relationship between like um, Naruto and uh, Iruka Sensei, for instance. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's a whole another whole another thing. Or Naruto and Boruto. <laughs> I I have to admit, don't tell anyone, but I, I haven't read any Boruto at all. Neither have I. Or Naruto. So. Oh, uh, right on. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, the very the very first chapter of Naruto. Um, is like a real tearjerker. It's a real good one. Mm. Like, it's good. Um, I, I would definitely recommend. It, it takes like ten minutes to read, and it's just like, it's very goofy, uh, but also very, very touching to me, which I like. Well, is there anything that we didn't really touch on that you you wanted to bring up or discuss? 
Oh gosh. Well, I mean, I felt like I, I rambled a fair bit. Um, I, I hope, I hope it's entertaining or people can get something from it. Um, I, I, I feel like we talked about some good stuff, but I can't yeah. think of anything else. Um, no, I think that's good. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. yeah thanks for coming uh, this on. has been great. This yeah. is really fun. I'm excited to s- Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to see that episode of Next Generation now. Oh, it's a really good one. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I, I kind of had assumed you had seen them all. So sorry if I spoiled it. Oh, no, no, no. I've, I've, I've seen them all like long ago. Like I grew up watching it with my parents and like have watched it off and on since then. But um, like it's been long enough that a lot of it's new to me. But like as Kate and I will be watching an episode, we'll be like, oh, yeah, this guy's like a drug dealer. Or like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that one where the one one planet is like drug dealers to the whole other planet. That one sounds pretty good. It's an, it's an early one. It's like the first season. And oh, like, I skipped most of the first season. <laughs> oh, the first season's really good. Yeah. Okay. I won't say I won't say any more. Okay. Um, well. Do you want to tell people about Telegraph and Sebe before we go? Uh, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, I guess a, a quick bit about what I do. Um, so for a, uh, most people know me as Sebe. For a long time, I've made T-shirts, um, and I make T-shirts with comic artists and stuff. Um, and that kind of led into us opening Telegraph. Um, I'd been working, Kate and I had been working a lot of comic shows uh, when we lived in the Bay Area of California. And uh, we met a lot of cool comics people and we were really into like what was going on out there. And um, like we were, uh, I've been good friends with Ryan Sands for a really long time of Youth in Decline. Mm -hmm. He introduced me to a lot of cool people. Um, I'd say through him, I probably met most of the people I know in comics. Um, Or at least the first like batch of friends I made in comics were through him, I think. And... um, Let's see. And so Kate and I wanted to move back to Virginia and since our family's all out here. And long story short, we ended up opening a comic art gallery that has become more of a comic shop than art gallery, but we still do a lot of like art print releases and we do monthly art shows and stuff. Um, but that's called Telegraph Art and Comics and it's in Charlottesville, Virginia. And you can check out Telegraph. Uh, Telegraph's online um, on Instagram and Twitter under Telegraph Comics um, or online at telegraphcomics.com. The website kind of focuses more on the print releases we've done with artists. Um, And my work as Sebe, uh, you can find that online at sebe.com, which is S-E-I-B-E-I.com. It's a pseudonym taken from a goofy Japanese short story I really liked a long time ago. but it's it's frustrating to have a business name that most people don't know how to spell um, and constantly having to spell <laughs> it for people. Um, but at least it's short. It's only six letters, so that's good. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HeySeiBei, H-E-Y-S-E-I-B-E-I. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's about it. Um, yeah, I, I still do T-shirts from time to time, but uh, you know, most of my energy goes into dadding and telegraph. Um, but I still love t-shirts as a goofy art medium and there's still lots of good t-shirts to be made, I think. And bad ones too, especially bad ones. Um, but I guess that's about it. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. And, um, everyone out there, we will see you next time for another episode of Jackie. Until then. Bye kiddos.
Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Me at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foiled Gear. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at DadFeeling and at StayMeanCo. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.